Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly podcast, hosted by yours truly. It's Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? This week, we have Nick Gray, editor-in-chief of Fandroid, back on the show. And the two of us talk about a couple of the main stories to come out uh, outside of devices in the first half of this episode. Mainly the fact that uh, the four big tech giants, their CEOs, were basically put on trial in front of Congress. And we just give some speculation behind all of the antitrust issues that were brought up. But of course, given when this episode was recorded and when it is coming out, one of our main stories is going to be around the OnePlus Nord. The next couple of weeks are going to be really crazy, so if you are listening to this right now and you're not following the Pocket Now Weekly podcast in your favorite podcasting app, make sure you hit that follow button because a lot of stuff is coming up pretty soon. Samsung Unpacked is next week. And as I'm recording this intro, the Pixel 4a has been made official. We don't quite have our units yet. Uh, We're still kind of working on that, but you can rest assured that both Pocket Now and myself over on my channel, we'll have content coming up very soon on the new affordable Pixel device. But for now, enjoy this episode between me and Nick Gray of Fandroid. I don't understand how you haven't had this setup already for like podcasting and whatnot. We've had you on the show a bunch and you only just today decided to do this. <laughs> well, I mean, we have been podcasting over Instagram Live, so oh, that's it's fair. not like it's the best setup anyways because you're using a smartphone to record so have the real camera out now and yes um i don't know if you can hear it in the background but my laptop is on overdrive because i have the camera software transmitting to obs and then obs transmitting to our streaming platform now Mm -hmm. so my laptops the fans are like which which laptop is it just out of curiosity by my own curiosity uh, Huawei MateBook 13 Pro. Uh, okay. Hopefully it doesn't like, yeah, it's, you, you seem fine right now, but I've tried doing OBS on MateBook X Pros before and honestly in just in laptops in general, and I've had mixed results. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this one's the, I don't know, a year and a half old. It's the laptop that I do all my 4k video editing on. So if oh, it can well. handle 4k video editing, I'm hoping it will keep up with this, but yeah, it is. Uh, churning away, keeping those fans boosted up, not to the max, about middle. Yeah. I I feel like, uh, since you just, oh, did my mic go out? No. Oh, okay. I thought I saw that my meter over here stopped going, but I think I, okay, cool. Uh, a little bit of a background thing, and this is kind of on a personal note. I'm actually really excited because, um half because of the opportunities that pocket now has provided me but also because i've just been making the effort to move into other categories you just mentioned laptops i'm really excited because it looks like i'll be doing some pretty awesome laptops coming up and i can't wait because uh it's nice to get away from smartphones once in a while (laughs) it is it is i mean i've done i haven't done that many laptops i've done a handful of chromebooks uh Mm -hmm. the last pixel book uh, and I have an MSI laptop here that I need to review uh, once we get through this wave of smartphones and I have some extra time because, yeah, as exactly. you know, there there is no extra time right now with all the devices that are coming out. So I, speaking of that, um, this is not one of our main topics for the show, but it's part of our little check-in here. I sent you that link, right? That Google's mm-hmm. teasing the hell out of everybody right now. <laughs> what is Trolling exactly? everybody. Yeah, what exactly is this like? Is is that's all Latin, right? That's on the page. 
Well, it's it's the usual filler text that you have on a dummy website, uh, uh-huh. the, the Ipsum yeah. Lorem, Lorem Ipsum, um, and they essentially created a dummy page for an upcoming smartphone, but they tweaked the wording just a little bit because there are words that seem to imply smartphone type things, uh, like just the in the title. There's the low light, low light tenna. Capturum, megapixelum, <laughs> long lastingism, battery. Yeah. So, like in the, in the link description that you sent me here in Telegram, it, if you read that out, that's in the page description. So, like they they played a little bit around with it just to make it look like they've done a little bit extra effort than just slapping some some fake words in there as dummy placeholders, but. Because at first I, glance, I think a Pixel 4a is coming sometime soon. Who knows? I bet mean, we've been saying that for what since quarantine? <laughs> four, four months <laughs> yeah, since exactly. Google I/O. I I I actually wrote an article about two three weeks before Google I/O before it was canceled, mm. saying Google might actually launch it before I/O based off <laughs> of some of the leaks that we were <laughs> we were seeing, and that one turned out to be wrong. Big oh, time. The, oh, the hubris of the publication. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's why. I, that's one of the reasons why I'm happy where I, I, I am in my little pocket of YouTube because I don't, I, I don't have to do the rumors and whatnot. I know that that's a common portion of tech YouTube is to be like, oh, what are we going to look forward to? And I'm like, but the thing is nothing is confirmed. Why would I talk about what's non-confirmed, you know? <laughs> Um, because Jaime already when, deals with that on the Pocket Now Daily. He does all the yeah. rumors and all that. So, I mean, Jaime covers it really well with the Pocket Now Daily. And honestly, mm-hmm. I'm like, didn't you just cover this yesterday? You've done it like four days in a row. But hey, there was leaks and news stories four days in a row about features and specifications that are coming up on a new device. And then yeah. after a while, you know, writing for publication and writing tech media for years now, I am so tired about writing leaks and um, (laughs) rumors and speculation articles because it's just a repeat of the same story last week with one extra detail. Yeah, typically. And my favorite are these, like there's some real eagle-eyed people who like watch patents and the FTC or whatever, Mm -hmm. like like, uh, uh, approvals and all that stuff. Like this is crazy. Like, um, Well, and back in the day, I used, when I was chasing HTC rumors, um, I would actually scour AliExpress because AliExpress would come up with cases for devices like a month and a half before the launch event with images of the devices in the cases. So um, I would, I would scour AliExpress for finding these cases with images with the device so i mean there's a thousand and one sources to get your leaks and you know other details from and you know you just got to be creative as to where you're looking for them yeah um this is uh so i am going to be posting this video finally on some sort of platform um igtv in particular and we're going to try out facebook uh for for just posting the video but we're still kind of toying around with this whole live streaming thing which is why you're seeing it from a platform called live stream uh, uh Streamyard. So because we're on a bit of a video thing, I will paint a word picture uh, for the audio people. Um, I did get, finally, a Xperia 1 too. I did. Um, super excited to use this, but I can't because there's a lot of stuff coming up. I have no time to just go <laughs> somewhere no time. and enjoy this. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> 
Well, and that's the thing. We we get so many questions from people like, oh, how do you love this? And are you still using this device? And I'm like, I don't spend more than a week with a phone sometimes mm-hmm. because there's no time because the next device is always coming out, which is so annoying because you really want to enjoy something sometimes, but then you can't. And Sony's really stickler with their return policies too. Typically, they only give you 14 days with a device and then say, hey, where's my phone? I want it back. Um, so hopefully they give you a little bit longer than that with everything coming up. That's what I was about to say. And I think I, I think I can kind of swing that. But also at the same time, this is post uh, manufacture, post release. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they're not quite as stingy knowing that, you know, it's in the wild now. So <laughs> um, but we'll see. Uh, one thing I did want to mention about just the phone in general is that uh accessorizing uh, is still one of Sony's sort of strong suits. They do a good job with it. I actually asked them to send me the clamp that allows you to mount this phone to a DualShock 4 controller. So I'm going to make sure that PS4 remote play is part of my coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing too is, did you did you get the headphones that come with it? This is a throwback right here where one of the earbuds is on a longer cord so it goes behind your neck. I used to get Sony headphones just like this all the time and it's nice to see it again. <laughs> Um, well, I haven't gotten that phone yet because oh, they haven't sent me. No, they didn't send it oh. to me yet. I'm on, I, I'm on the list. Mm. I need to bug them again because I just sent out, out back the, what is it? The uh, ZV-1. The ZV-1. Mm-hmm. I just sent that back after using that for two weeks. And they're like, we'll give you the uh, the phone once we get that one back. So we'll see. <laughs> swap. What did you, how did you, we're still on the check-in, obviously. What, uh, how did you feel about the ZV-1? Like, did you do core content with it, or? I made, I actually did one of my videos with it a couple weeks back, um, and honestly, it, if I wasn't used to using a more expensive device, I would have been perfectly happy with that. Uh, The video quality that you get out of it is really good for the price point of this device. Uh, And especially the depth of field that you can achieve with that lens, uh, with the dedicated bokeh mode button or the background blur button that's on Mm -hmm. the top of the phone. It essentially optimizes all the settings to make sure that your shots not over or underexposed, but also optimizing for the background. So it's messing with the ISO, it's messing with the exposure and a couple other settings. Uh, and I found that really good, especially for a point and shoot camera like that, because there's nothing else on the market that can really deliver results like that. And I was I was impressed. If I was getting into vlogging uh, and I didn't have any equipment, that would be uh, on the top of my list. Though... You know, the main thing is that flip out ca- flip out screen, of course. And now we just on this thing looks like literally. But now we just got the Sony A7S oh, yeah. three with the same screen, and I'm like, oh man. See, I wasn't sure I, how much I want to spend talk. four thousand dollars for that. <laughs> I wasn't sure how much camera talk to bring up because usually, like, there, there's it's funny whenever we have certain guests on. On the Pocketnow Weekly that I schedule, I guess sub, somewhere subconsciously, depending on what was announced that week, there are certain guests that come on, and you don't you don't fit into any one of those categories just yet. But I will say that Thunder E, bored at work, he's usually on when yeah. Microsoft does something. Mm-hmm. Um, Immel, David Immel is usually on when a, a high profile camera phone comes out because we end up talking about cameras the entire time. But yeah, like I wasn't sure how much camera talk we'd be we'd be putting in because yeah, that's another huge thing. R5, uh, Canon R5 last week, and then A7S3, 
right? Yeah, A7S3. Yeah, A7S3. A7S3. I already forgot about the Canon R5. I mean, <laughs> after the A7S3 came out, it's like, Canon what? Who? Oh. But that price point is going to kill me, and that's the reason I am not buying that camera. And mm. also, my A7 III is only a little bit over a year old at this point for me, so I I can't justify an upgrade at this point. I can't wait to do my video because this is a this is a lowly mid range Olympus camera that I adore mm-hmm. the hell out of. Um, I can't wait to. Do, I'm going to do a video next week and just be like, this is why. I use this or like I'm trying to think of like the clickbaity title for it where I'm just like a seven what <laughs> like I just have a, a lowly Olympus camera <laughs> uh, which is also funny because Olympus apparently sold their imaging division so they're technically not in the camera space anymore yeah who did they sell that to I saw that um, JIP uh, it's a it's a Japanese investment firm that yep. also owns Vio and look what mm-hmm. happened to Vio so. yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, Sony had killed the Vio business already before they got rid of it. So, unfortunately, yeah. Um, all right. Well, anything else uh, that you've been up to? Well, we just do the last couple of minutes left of our check-in. You are using okay, like one other just really dumb, just between me and Nick type of thing. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. notice I'm, you know, we're we're both drinking either coffee or tea in our case. Um, that mug he's using. We've talked about it on the show before. <laughs> I love that mug so and much that it? I. <laughs> Yes, you I love that mug so one. much that I've used five of them in my lifetime by now. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a 12-pack for your birthday <laughs> because you can use one a month and you just go through them, shatter them at the end of the month. Yep. I need a subscription service for a glass mug. <laughs> this mug is seven years old. Oh, God. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I rarely break phones. You know, like aside from drop tests back at Android Authority, I rarely ever haphazardly break phones. But that mug, like once a year, for some reason, it just happens. Ugh. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, perfect segue into our actual topics for this week. Uh, we do have a couple of things to to talk about uh, before we get to our main story for this week, which is obviously going to be, I imagine, our daily driver right now. This would be the OnePlus Nord. Um so a little bit of a teaser for our opinions. I'll just say one real quick. I don't like this color. It's just not my favorite color. It's just it's just me. So <laughs> yeah, we, we can talk about that. A yeah, we'll get bit. more into it later. But I just, I just I keep saying it everywhere, and I feel like the only person who feels that way, which is why I keep saying it. Anyway, uh, one story that I did not run by you actually, Nick, while we were f- uh, putting together our thoughts for the show. One other story that came out this week was, uh, I love it when tech stories actually appear on the local news. My parents watch local news all the time. And I remember when it came up, my mom was, my mom called me over and was like, oh, look. And I said, yeah, I've known this for days. Uh, CES is all digital now. There's no CES. Well, (sighs) not physically, obviously. What I mean is, if we're looking at milestones or goalposts of when we'll be able to do things, CES going all digital means even through January, no one is optimistic that we are out of the woods when it comes to quarantine and coronavirus. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I think a lot of this has to do with the recent surge in cases here in the U.S. Things Mm -hmm. are technically moving in the wrong direction as far as opening things up. But uh, you probably received it probably like a month ago, an email survey from the CTA asking Mm -hmm. about, you know, what... What do you expect them to do if CES 2021 
does go on and they had a whole list of you know temperature checks you know the list goes on and on about the ideas that they had about how they could possibly accommodate a a trade show that honestly has close to a hundred thousand people attending um and while some people might be totally fine getting in back into the mix there are a lot of people that would not be and honestly i filled out that survey and i marked all the things as mandatory all the additional things that they had as suggestions i was like if you're going to do this every single one of those things is mandatory and i think they had a lot of people put in comments of no we just don't want this to go on it's not worth it it's not worth risking somebody's health or somebody's life honestly um mwc was canceled ifa has been postponed and they're doing a smaller show mm-hmm. in Berlin. It's going to be happening. I think what the second week of September. Yeah. I'm technically I'm actually, registered. I, yeah. Same. I don't know if I'm going, uh, I got an email saying, can you, you know, confirm, what, and, confirm all and all that. Yeah. And I'm like, I technically, I can't go. We can't go from the United States. We're not allowed to travel to Europe as of right now. We're And I hear a, that their response to people so far has been, we are, we are optimistic <clears throat> that by the time you fly, mm-hmm. you'll be able to arrive. And I'm like, that's rolling the dice. Yep. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Well, and as of right now, how are you supposed to book plane tickets and stuff like that when the restrictions there there are no planes flying to europe Mm -hmm. so like how how do i get there i don't know my email Um, is currently drafted already to i still have to send it because i don't know why i haven't i've just been busy with a bunch of other stuff but i have to respectfully decline just on the basis of my health because as a diabetic i'm i just can't you have higher risk i have much higher risk and statistically if uh, I think one in three people who get it, if they have diabetes, they they're on the death toll. So, well, I, we I don't want risk. you to die, Josh. So don't <laughs> exactly. go to Berlin. <laughs> I think it I was also like, last week, like Jaime actually said, he just said, "Yeah, decline." Like on the show, he even said that he was like, "Yeah, just tell them, just don't." I mean, come on, man. Like, <laughs> it, it's not worth your life. I mean, honestly, like I I'm in good health. I don't have any pre-existing conditions anything like that but you know i would be going and exposing myself and then coming back to my family i have a wife and two kids um but then again by then my kids are technically supposed to be back in school so i mean they will be exposing themselves on a regular basis to a couple other you know a couple dozen people on a daily basis anyways so Mm. um I, I don't know it's one of those things that we'll have to figure out but i mean the the idea that ces which is six months away you know five and a half six months away is already gone uh is kind of depressing i mean honestly like i I was expecting ces to be the big comeback for you know the tech industry to get back into the mix um and no we're going all digital and i guess i won't be able to see you in person for i don't know maybe another another 12 months or so i know who knows like i was even hoping just just on a personal level that ces might be a time that i could see my girlfriend again you know like maybe nope. you know nope not gonna happen yeah not gonna happen uh and well we'll see what happens i mean that's gonna be that that is a journey that is chronicled in its own way the long distance relationship <laughs> via quarantine um but yeah uh one last question on that because a lot of people have brought it up Post, not post, pre-COVID, pre-all of this, were you one of the people that usually came back from CES sick anyway? Like, isn't it just a Petri dish (laughs) to begin with? 
Um, I've never gotten sick at CES. I've lost my voice. One time for me. I've gotten, I took the flu to Mobile World Congress in 2016. I just, I had, I got the, someone in our family had the flu a week before and I caught it like the day before I left and I was running a fever and, um, losing my voice all at the same time and spreading my flu germs all over the tech floor (laughs) tech show floor but i mean so many people show up it's that time of year you know the january to end of february where you know this flu season's in full swing and that's usually what happens and yeah uh honestly going forward i don't think i would from from a business standpoint it's yes i need to be there i need to cover the show but from a personal standpoint and the way the pandemic has kind of enlightened us a little bit more we technically spread the flu a lot more than it should be because we're like eh, it's just the flu yeah. but one person spreads it to you know eight other people in the school just because parents didn't want to keep their children home and then the whole class is infected with the flu and then they spread mm-hmm. it to their parents and it goes on and on so uh going forward my wife and i was like have decided if our kids aren't feeling 75 percent like not even 50%. Don't send them to school. And that's just the choice that we're making and you know we we have the luxury of being able to do that because we are both home. Um you know it's annoying when your kids are at home and you're trying to do work, but you know trying to take that personal responsibility a little bit more mm-hmm. with in light of everything that's going on. And honestly all of the things that we've learned in let's let's use the term lockdown actually should apply whenever these shows happen again. Like, we mm-hmm. all are susceptible no matter what era we're living in. Like, whatever, yep. whatever, whether it's COVID or the flu or just a common cold. Because we've all done this at a, at a trade show. This is another, like, little treat for the for the, for the the video guys. Uh, for the video watchers, live, viewers. I can't talk right now. Um, we've all done this at a trade show where we're stressed and we do this... Mm-hmm. This is already the wrong move. Why <laughs> wiping our face in frustration? Um, don't touch your face. You, like that's and just, then you just... pick up a phone that seven thousand other people are going to touch, <laughs> exactly. and you're like, "Oh, this feels really good." Look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go. And then you then you get stressed and you wipe your face. You wipe your eyes because you're tired. You've been looking at screens all day. Like literally, the number one rule. Like, just if you want to stay healthy in general, just don't touch your face. Like, shake everyone's hand, touch all the phones, all that stuff, but don't touch your face. Like, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't let that stuff get in you is the, is the thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I am remembering that. I've, I've been very lucky. Last two years, I haven't gotten sick at any show. Um, I've had exhaustion, like, for sure, but not really sick sick. Um, but, yeah, I feel like part of me hopes that everybody just does that. Just everyone just learns. Just don't touch yourself. Oh, that's a weird way to put it. Just don't touch your face. <laughs> Mature but reading ve- for this podcast. <laughs> but Vegas, man. <laughs> True. All right. On weird segue, but we're going to take a quick break after that one. Okay. So as far as far as our main topics for for, the, for this week are concerned, uh, there are a couple of stories that came out literally just like today and yesterday the first one we'll talk about just a quick reaction you you actually put me onto this was that huawei suddenly not suddenly well is it suddenly because they are now the number one manufacturer the number one market share in the world right now for smartphones it is suddenly because 
I mean, for everybody that probably already knows this, it's been a little bit over a year since Huawei was put on the U.S. entities list. Mm -hmm. And since then, uh, and that meant they can't sell devices in the U.S. It also means they can't do business with companies in the U.S., which means they no longer have access to the Play Store, which puts them at a severe disadvantage when you're looking at smartphones. You have the Huawei app gallery. Is that what it's called? app gallery and then the play yeah, store so. and huawei devices don't have the play store and they're missing millions of applications mm-hmm. um but uh so f- since then the last quarter of 2019 and the first quarter of 2020 their sales dropped uh rough i, I think it was qu- about 30 percent f- um from where they were so they went from s- shipping about 60 million devices per quarter to under 50 million devices. And then um, Q, Q2 of this year, and one thing that, to note though, smartphone sales were already on a decline. And so yeah. Samsung was losing uh, sales as well. And Huawei was kind of mirroring that with a, with a steeper decline curve. But then in Q2, Samsung continued to go down and Huawei got uh, not a huge uptick, but an uptick from Q1 and surpassed Samsung for the very first time, becoming the number one smartphone manufacturer on the planet. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, everyone was counting Huawei out of the race completely, and now they are number one. And I I think last year was when they became number two, or late 2018, they became number two. So um, they are... The thing is, they also have, like, such a library of devices. Like, it's not... It's easy for people like us to think of, like, the May 20s and 30s and whatever. And the P40s and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they have a ton of phones. Like, uh, Issa, uh, on her channel, does a bunch of Huawei, like, Novas and all of them. Mm -hmm. And those are all over the place. Well, and one thing to consider, too, this is as a manufacturer, not the Huawei brand. And mm-hmm. so the Honor devices are in- included in that as well. So the Honor brand is included oh, that makes sense. in there. So, I mean, it's it, it's one of those things where, you know, they do have additional brands. The uh, But I, one thing to note, and I, I wrote this on the article on Fandroid.com, is the only reason for their resurgence now is... A hundred percent, the Chinese market mm-hmm. S- sales within their global sales outside of China uh, year over year are at a twenty-seven percent decline, which means everything that they have. So China picked up that twenty-seven percent plus some in order to get the the growth that they did in Q two, which means their market dominance in China is that much more secure. And pulling ahead of the competition in China, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, obviously, that's a huge market. Like you can make all you can make all the jokes you want about it. It is a huge market, and now we're seeing how that affects the standing of a company like Huawei. Um, Samsung uh, historically has like I don't think I've ever really seen a Samsung device any of the times I've ever been in China. Hong Kong, yes, but the whole different story there. But like. China. I've never really seen Samsung devices uh, in people's hands out there. Yeah, I mean, Samsung has a small market share in China, but mm-hmm. I mean, you have to realize all the other Chinese players that are in China as well that have so much more dominance there. I mean, Oppo has huge market shares. 
um, and then there's Xiaomi and other players as well. And, you know, with all of them and the price points that they offer, which is typically 30 per 30 to 40% less than what Samsung devices sell for Samsung sure. simply can't compete. I mean, it's the same reason why the iPhone isn't a huge player in China as well. It's the price point. The average consumer simply doesn't have that much extra cash to drop on a flagship tier smartphone paying a thousand dollars. I mean, honestly, that's multiple months salary for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as good as those phones are, it's really not worth it if you're looking at, hey, should I pay rent for three months and food and everything else, or should I buy a phone? Yeah, yeah, those the the, the important questions, obviously. Um, so, speaking of like dominance and market share, that is my way of segueing into yet the other story that came out, which is it's got a little bit of a it's got a little bit of a not really political, but like a governmental uh, angle to it. The four major companies in the U.S. and North America were all uh, basically on trial. Like there was a antitrust congressional hearing that happened with the likes of Apple, Google, Amazon, and Facebook. With with the people you would expect from each company being on that video call, being questioned by Congress. I don't really know where to how to approach this. Um, I think that existentially we could have conversations about like. Should we break up big tech or how do we feel about competitors and antitrust laws and stuff like that? And I feel like by and large, you can you can correct me with your perspective if I'm wrong. Um, I think by and large, we do feel the effects of huge companies like Amazon and Facebook actually scooping up competition and becoming the biggest players in a market. And I think on, a, on some level, we do all agree. There are some problems with that, right? Yes and no. I mean, I'm... <clears throat> I went to business school. I I love business. I love economics. And, you know, you you learn, you know, at scale, there's the best chance of being profitable. There's the best chance of succeeding. And all of these companies have taken that to the next level and built the scale that no one could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm a big proponent of free market, but there's a point where if a company has so much power and so much control that it hinders the competition in not in a way that, you know, if Samsung sells more phones, then Apple loses a little bit of market share, but in a way where if Samsung was the only player and those were the only phones we could buy and they had 85 to 90% of the market and all the other players were relegated to that remaining 10%, that would not be a world that I would want to live in. Mm-hmm. And but that's the world that these companies in their specific markets have created. Facebook yeah. within the social media space. Um, you know, everyone talks, you know, within our circle, Twitter is a lot more important than Facebook is, but Twitter is what, not even ten percent of the market share that Facebook has. Mm-hmm. Uh to put that into perspective. And then Amazon with online retail. I mean, they've completely yeah. dominated the online retail space. Um, you know, and yes, there, you, anyone can set up their own store. There's, that's kind of the argument that Amazon has is, you know, we, we don't force everyone on the internet to go to amazon.com to buy things, but it's the easiest place to do it. And that's what most people do. Yeah. So, I mean, each one in their own right has created not a monopoly, but enough of a force within the industry where it is extremely hard to compete. And then they use that power to crush smaller businesses. 
Personally, I'm a big Google fan. I love Google services and everything that they offer, but time and time again, they have gone into different areas and just obliterated the competition because they control search. They control uh, all of the data that goes along with it uh, within the ad space as well. There's not that many ad competitors. I run a website where we run ads and, you know, we we use a competitor's device to go or a competitive service to Google, but we also use Google because you simply have to if you want to make money in this industry. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like I feel like there was a discrepancy between the different companies. Like for example, with Amazon, obviously it's retail and being uh, being the biggest player in a space where there should be as many as possible in terms of retail and sales and whatnot. There was even that whole example of how. Uh, they pushed out and basically obliterated a textbook sales uh, small business that mm-hmm. actually had, you know, as far as textbooks were concerned, they actually were the number one player. And then Amazon was like, okay, well, we'll just we'll just sell textbooks too. And then the, and then all of a sudden that textbook company is no longer around. Um, in the case of Facebook, um, it was also about like market share in terms of other applications. So the acquisition of Instagram was apparently in some correspondence, it was viewed as a predatory move. Uh, yep. We all use Instagram, and or a lot mm-hmm. of us do rather. Uh, and the thing is, it's in the it's in the context of Facebook that I feel like we all do have some sort of opinion on all of this. Because remember when Instagram, after being bought by Facebook, started copying Snapchat stories? Yeah, like it, it, we all scoffed and we groaned and moaned about it. Uh, so we felt that way at least one time or another so this whole antitrust thing like we've all we've all been affected by that whole thing and like you said with google like we literally work in the world of google where all of our phones the huawei being an example like once you take away one fundamental part of a smartphone which would be has google a services funda- fundamental impact on the business exactly yeah. um well and but to play devil's advocate and like in the case of instagram copying stories and creating that not that many people, I mean, there are a lot of people who use Snapchat, but more people use Instagram stories and then have benefited from the inclusion of that feature within Instagram. It's taken off and is probably the most profitable profitable part of Instagram for mm-hmm. for them. And people love them. And so there's there, there's this even balance of destroying the competition and making it so that the competition can't play in the same space and still delivering features that users want. I mean, to be fair, they looked at Snapchat and said, this is the feature that people like about Snapchat. This is what makes it so popular. They don't have a patent on it. There's nothing that says we can't create this. So why shouldn't we create this? I mean, yes, Instagram is to, you know, was the main player in order to you know copying this feature but youtube now has stories i mean yeah (laughs) youtube is a video platform but you can create photo stories and do exactly what snapchat did so i mean it's one of those things and also websites now have stories you can go to certain websites and they they have stories and they're it's ridiculous you don't even need to install an app you can do it directly on through the browser and watch stories about you know news news articles and with yeah. photos and images and captions it was and stuff the rush like that. it was the rush to short form content yeah 
I mean, it, it makes it, it honestly, stories are amazing in the way that they deliver content and Snapchat was ahead of its time and everybody caught up. Uh, mm -hmm. But to say they shouldn't be allowed to do that is is one thing, but um, making rules and regulations in a way so that they don't push other people out of the business just because they have the brute force and the power to do that. Uh, because the competition is really what made Facebook and Instagram so good. Yeah. If Instagram wasn't copying Snapchat, Instagram would still just be your photo feed and that's all it would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's, I don't know, it's weird because as cons uh, as a consumer, we have benefited from all the moves that these companies have made. Even just on a very superficial, let's say, entertainment level. We've all <laughs> we've mm -hmm. all benefited from it, and it's really crazy to see like behind. It's like it's like uh, it's like realizing how your burger is made, <laughs> and uh, that's what these hearings end up doing. Um, one one final question, because the thing is, when you move away from like sort of uh, strong arming competition and whatnot, I feel like on some level we all understand that that does kind of happen, and maybe at some point there's going to be some sort of regulation in terms of that. Because on some on some level, you look at a, per a person like Jeff Bezos and all of the business practices that Amazon has. Yes, they're terrible, and we want better for the people who work at Amazon or with Amazon. But it also is weird because we're not going to stop using Amazon. <laughs> like, isn't that? It's weird. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's it, all of these companies can say we have the best intentions in mind for our customers, because in the end, they simply want to serve their customers, and they don't care about the competition's customers. And, you know, Facebook doesn't care about Snapchat's customers. They simply want more Instagram customers or more Facebook users so that they can grow their own business. And technically, everything that they've done is to make their service better. And mm. from a consumer standpoint, that's a great thing. But there's, as I said before, there's that balance of when are you pushing the competition completely out of the picture? Because once the competition becomes so small, at the end, if, if Amazon owns 95% of online retail, at that point, it has no incentive to offer the lowest prices. It can mm -hmm. offer whatever prices it wants because that's the only option. And that's when it becomes essentially a monopoly. Yeah. And we don't know when they'll get there. We don't know if they will ever get there, but we need to make sure that there are some, there's something in place that will restrict them from getting to that point. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I feel like just on, just on the most basic level, like competition and antitrust laws, sure. But there's the other issue of just like how the companies treat their own people. And mm -hmm. I'm focusing solely on Amazon because there's an Amazon warehouse, not more than like 20 minutes away from my house. So I, I know like what the conditions can be like. There are stories in my local news yep. about it all the time, you know. Um, I actually wanted to wait until the final, not really, what's the term? They're, they're, they're putting together like a report or something. Uh, that Yeah, they're, they're putting in a report within, I think, two weeks yeah. as to recommendations as to how they would like these companies to behave. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think any specific laws are going to be put in place based off of this immediately, but I think it's going to be the um, kind of the guiding 
roadmap for mm -hmm. what lawmakers are going to use within the next year or two as they're looking at changing some legislation in order to affect these businesses and how they conduct themselves within the marketplaces. Yeah, 100%. I wanted to wait for that to come out before I got into just just putting this nugget in, in people's heads right now, because there was an extra conversation in that entire hearing, which by the way, it's always interesting when you see politicians clash with uh, tech people, because all politicians want to do is put their question out there with the obvious slant um which yep. on the one hand is you know that's what they're supposed to do they're on their side that's okay fine that's how they operate but then to not even give the people that they're questioning enough time to talk it's it, it it's obvious it's so obviously pushing a certain agenda whether it's good or bad and it's really yeah. frustrating to watch that <laughs> yeah um, i mean there there's a couple good highlights from uh yesterday's session i mean i i think they had 6 hours of questioning the yeah. four ceos uh, so it was a long session. If you want to go watch that, there's the full replay. Uh, I don't recommend that because <laughs> there's a lot of dead time in between. And yeah, no, it's uh, there was it's a C-SPAN, there, basically. <laughs> there was a couple times where they're like, uh, Bezos, you're on mute. <laughs> which, which, because it, it was all done virtually yeah. uh, because of the pandemic. But things like that are kind of funny to look back at. But um, yeah, I mean, the fact that they didn't give people the time to answer the question. They would ask a question and technically it was a yes or no answer. And of course, just like the senators are playing politics, the CEOs were also playing politics saying- mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying I, that they're I, I, in, like innocent of yeah. the spin, you know? Like, yeah, but I mean, so they were, they so the senators are trying to spin it one way and the CEOs are spinning it exactly. the other way saying, you know, with all due respect, I, I take offense with the premise of this question as a company, we like to do this, this and this without ever answering a yes or no question. Yeah, exactly. Which I think Bezos honestly was the one who answered yes or no better than any of the other CEOs, which honestly I was really surprised with. And he quite a few times said, if that is the case, we did it wrong and we will look into it with none of the other CEOs ever making an, an acknowledgement of what they did could be wrong. Mm -hmm. So props to Bezos on that point, because I, out of anybody, I wasn't expecting that from him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, and, and it's the weird dichotomy, right? So the, the point I was going to make was uh, I wanted to wait for the actual report to come out so that we could see where these where these hearings actually sort of rank each company in terms of how they uh, position themselves in the market. Because it was significant that like Apple did not seem to be quite under the same amount of scrutiny as the other three. And you can argue as to why, but uh, the other thing I wanted to wait for the report for is also the whole idea behind I'll, I'll use the term policing, but I don't really like that term. Um, policing data in the sense that, mm -hmm. you know, how will these companies, in particular Facebook and Google, how do they um, how do they differentiate misinformation and what do they do with it and how do they they traffic all of that? What things can they do for it? Because there were obvious there were obvious differences on both sides of the political spectrum as to what info constitutes freedom of speech or uh, if misinformation is really that bad and you know how much facts are supposed to play into everything other than just opinions and perspective that is a very interesting conversation that i want to see what the report actually says and then i want that to be our greater conversation on that show. well uh, thing to point out though that 
so some of those questions were brought up by some of the Republican senators due to, you know, COVID-19 and a lot of the things that have been going on lately. But that was never the intent. And exactly. those questions should have never been part of this hearing because yeah. those have nothing to do with the antitrust issues. That's what I was trying to kind of get to. Yeah. Yeah. So the, those questions were asked and they were answered. Uh, I think one of the one of them was directed at uh, Zuckerberg and Facebook saying some posts were removed. When do you you know, why was this removed? And he was like, I think you're referring to something that happened on Twitter. <laughs> it's not even my platform. Yeah, and the so, question, I remember a couple of the it, questions. It's like the that, senators uh, don't even know who did what. Yeah, and it's like a couple of the questions that they said to Sundar Pichai, which, by the way, it's not that hard to pronounce his name. But also, um, they they asked him, like, why didn't my email make it to this other person? And he goes, it was probably classified as spam. <laughs> <laughs> because it probably was spam. Like, <laughs> if you were just yeah. spreading misinformation via email, we mark that as spam. Mm -hmm. That's what it is, you know? And it's just like... Check your spam folder. It's probably there. Yeah. And if something is in your spam folder, you know, maybe you should take a second look at it, you know? <laughs> like, you should double check. Why is this important to you? Yeah. Yeah. Though I will say that Google in their effort to reduce spam in your inbox has gotten a lot worse of putting actual emails into the spam folder. Um, I'm constantly, I, I check my spam folder every day. And just yesterday, an email, it was an email thread that has been going back and forth for three years with somebody. And Google just decided to send it to the spam folder. Oh, really? I and it's someone, someone who's in my contacts. I've hardly ever had... Like yeah, and so like it's 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 things like that. Like they they've gotten a lot more uh, lenient as to you know I don't know if lenient's the right word. They they've gotten <laughs> a lot worse at making sure that the stuff that's going into your spam folder is actually spam in an effort to keep more spam out of your inbox. I see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I I I often don't really see that being the case, but that obviously is different for you. So. Um, okay, yeah, I get that. If you have that problem, you know, make sure you check your spam yeah. folders. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's just some talk about the congressional hearing. I wanted to make sure we at least covered it a little bit. Um, obviously, if you're on the IGTV or the Facebook feed of this, make sure you let us know what you think about all of this in the comments. And uh, let us know on Twitter as well um, using hashtag PN Weekly. Uh, one more break before we finally get to what I know everyone really wants to talk about, and that would be the OnePlus Nord. I think the best way to just jump into this is just let me know what you let me know what you thought about the OnePlus Nord. Like it's finally in our hands. We have ourselves an affordable OnePlus device once again. Um, I gave my little teaser. It's just the first thing I always say. I'm not the biggest fan of blue marble. But uh, after that, I'll, I'll you know just let me know what you think. You've been doing a lot of content with this phone, by the way, which is great. Yeah. Well, um, the OnePlus Nord. It, if so. Just to cover the basis for everybody who might not be up to speed on the Nord, it You're is living there. Under a rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, you get some people that simply don't know. So that's what we're here for, right? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it is OnePlus's new mid-range smartphone with a Snapdragon 765 with a base price of 400 euro uh, with 8 gigabytes of RAM, which honestly is probably one of the best spec devices for the prices. Uh, and if you're in India, 
coming soon is a six gigabyte version that's going to be even cheaper. So for the Indian market, but the highlight, of course, with that, you know, eight gigabytes of RAM is the quad camera on the back of the oh. phone. And that is what I've been focusing most of my attention on the last couple of days is doing camera comparisons with this device and other smartphones that have come out this year and also last year. Uh, did a camera comparison with the Pixel 4 and just finished one up with the OnePlus 8 Pro. I have to say the Pixel 4 demolished this thing. I was just about to say, your it, article came up in my Google feed, and that was the headline. <laughs> it, well, I was like, the Pixel 4 obliterates the OnePlus <laughs> exactly. Nord in camera comparison. Um, in daylight shots, they are pretty good. I mean, the, the OnePlus Nord has... You've probably seen this. It tends to be a little bit more saturated than what you would expect as far as the images go. Mm-hmm. And then uh, does really good in daylight shots. And having the yes. ultra-wide camera with daylight shots is really good compared to the Pixel, which only has the standard and the 2X telephoto. Though I will say the ultra-wide angle has a uh, it has a more closed-off aperture. So that's why it does. those... Um, the gr- In my video for the real world camera test i mentioned that it seems like there's a little bit more grain in photos and videos than usual and that's the reason why is because it's actually working with uh it has to it has to it has to compromise a little bit because at a f2.5 all the other settings have to compensate Mm -hmm. yeah all the other settings so the iso is essentially bumped up to Mm -hmm. i don't know like ten thousand, and especially well in in direct sunlight it does really good. Mm-hmm. Once you go indoors, even daylight indoors, it it falls off dramatically. And low light, it is horrendous. Um, especially if you have it set at 4K video capture. Yeah. Uh, when recording video, bump that down to 1080p uh, because that's the only usable Im- video that you're going to get out of that in low light situations. It's going to look dramatically better, allowing for a lot more light to come in. Um, but honestly, the the thing I love the most about this phone is the front-facing camera with the ultra-wide. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a sad, sad boy when... Google took it out of the Pixel 4 uh, after having it on the Pixel 3. Having that ultra-wide camera for selfies was amazing on the Pixel 3, and having it here is just as good. Again, this camera doesn't do well in low light. Uh, Both of the cameras on the front of this phone are really bad in low light situations for taking selfies. Uh, But as overall, I mean, you would be hard-pressed. I don't know if there is any other device at the 400 euro price point that has a camera experience that could match this. This is not going to replace a flagship tier device. Um, I would say it's one step below the OnePlus 8 uh, because the OnePlus 8 has some better sensors for its ultra-wide camera and the front-facing camera. Uh, but for a four hundred dollar or four hundred euro device, you can't go wrong with this. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think know. I think that because I'm I'm doing a video for Pocket now, uh, just to tease everybody. Uh, this versus the iPhone SE, and there are a lot of existential questions that I ask in that video. Uh, like you know, in India, obviously, because that's where this phone is mostly going to be. Uh, that 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 was our target market, I should say. Um, this is cheaper than the iPhone SE. So what OnePlus was doing there was very deliberate uh, because the iPhone SE is an aspirational device, even if it's cheaper 
than other mm-hmm. iPhones, which is a weird thing to say for a phone that's supposed to be affordable. So um, having this as a as an option is a great thing to have. And I think that OnePlus kind of knocked it out of the park. Like years and years of proving that they can make a flagship gave them the knowledge that they needed to create a good enough mid-range phone. And things like a 90 hertz refresh rate on the screen, Oxygen OS, um, just good internals all around. Like, you know, credit to Qualcomm for making a good processor with the 765G. Like, the everyday experience on this thing is great. You're right. The, the cameras are not going to be the best. But then again, it's not what they prioritized in terms of just like... They don't prioritize it the same way that Pixel and iPhone do. No. and and th- But that's the thing. The Pixel is considered one of the best within the Android ecosystem as far as taking pictures. I mean, it still beat, in my opinion, still beats the Galaxy S20 devices from this year as far as, you know, overall image quality. I mean, the S20 Ultra has, you know, crazy sensors and 8K video capture and mm-hmm. all that. And the regular S20s do as well. Um, so the Pixel doesn't, like, video recording, not so great. But as far as just taking a picture, pulling your smartphone out, hitting the button, capturing a moment, the Pixel's going to be giving you one of the best experiences for a camera right now. Yeah. This, though, I mean, coming back to it again, they did put a lot of focus on the cameras. And for the price, this cannot be beat. If you have more money, get a different phone. It's going to have a better camera. But for the price, I... I Honestly, there's there's nothing that could beat this right now. And if you have a device that you think could, let me know, and uh, hope I'll do a camera comparison, and we'll find out. Yeah, you have been on top of all of that. Like, so to, to let people know, Nick has been trying to sort of like guide me in terms of how to like <laughs> do know, more like, camera comparisons. Exactly, he's been trying to guide me in, through his like process, his 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 work process. Is that the term? Is uh, his just workflow. His, his workflow, as far as those camera comparisons are concerned, I just can't bring myself to do it as often. Uh, it's part of my versus content. It's just I don't do dedicated camera comparisons. You know, um, I now, just go out every night and take low light shots to the same places, and like a lot of my shots, I, I take pictures of the same exact things every time. Mm-hmm. So, like if you watch one camera comparison to the <laughs> next one, you're all. like, "Hey, that's the same. That's the same <laughs> building. That's the same picture of the same sign." But honestly, that that helps people. They can go back to different photos, and even that's though I fair. haven't done a comparison with with every single device, I mean the lighting is slightly different here and there, but it will give you a general idea. And um, yeah, but that's part of the reason I, why I have I, my routine. That that is part of the reason why I ended up. Um, buying memberships to certain like places in my area so i'm a member of like a certain garden an arboretum i would love to like go to the zoo but the zoo is not part of our like um opening up phases or anything like that apparently even though the zoo is all outdoors it's still a place you could get covid pretty easily but yeah like i love being an, uh, a member of these places because they like require masks they social distance uh limited amount of people so i'm gonna go there and because honestly, the last four months of every picture coming from this room and every picture coming from my around my house, like I get it that the audience probably doesn't care, but like you have to, you, I have do. to, you yeah, we do, right? I do, <laughs> yeah, and it, and that's the thing, like especially for shooting video, I love when I do a video review and I go outside and I record my B roll and do it outside just because it's a different look rather than how many times can I set up a phone on my desk and make it look different? <laughs> exactly. What what's what prop will I use today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I got my little plant. 
the fact that you grab that out of the fact that you grab that so quickly shows like this is this it, is our life. It was going to be in my shot here, but there we go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and yeah, you know what? Your set design is way better than mine. I wish I was better at like set design because I just have like that, and this is my closet. Like, come on, like you have a much better like office space for like how that looks. My office is 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 it's looking better. It's 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 not bad, but I don't go there as often as I would like. I, I am I am moving forward though. But anyway, back to the OnePlus Nord. The uh, as far as the cameras are concerned, there is one thing I wanted to ask you about, what your thoughts are. Because you were mm-hmm. singing the praises of the main sensor, saying the ultra-wide is... Measure your expectations, but what about the other two lenses? Because I feel like everybody... <laughs> I, I, with, I Honestly, I don't want to... I don't Can want I put to on min- a sad face? Well, I was going to say, I don't want to mince words. I feel like everyone is shitting on these two, <laughs> these two lenses. And I shall as well. I <laughs> shall as well. Um... <sighs> Two megapixel macro camera, really? Like, what is this, 1998? (laughs) That is a throwaway camera. There is no reason to have a two megapixel macro camera on the back of the phone besides them saying, hey, we have four cameras on the back of our phone. Isn't that odd? Like, couldn't they have made the the phone even cheaper if they just, you know? They should have saved the $12 they spent on the two, or even less, $5 on the two megapixel macro camera and used an extra $5 to invest into a better sensor for the ultra-wide camera. And that depth sensor, there's no need for it. They can do it in software. Mm -hmm. And especially because the depth sensor doesn't seem to help with taking portrait-style shots because the outlines aren't that great so i i don't know the yes i'm everyone else has been shitting on those sensors and so am i there is no reason for them to be there i guess one of the reasons why it's easy to crap on them is because it's been proven that they're not needed like you just said yeah but also it's also proven that they're also there's better like there's a five which phone was it it had a five megapixel oh it was the poco the poco has a five megapixel um macro lens and it's actually fun to use because the results are pretty good so yeah i think that that's the one that has a five megapixel macro lens and it's like the only one that's more than two (laughs) and it's actually pretty good well and so the oneplus 8 pro uses the ultra wide camera that's another thing with with a macro mode and the the difference there is they have to invest into a much more expensive lens that allows the lens to focus uh that close um but honestly like i take i take more pictures than most people with smartphones it's my job but also i do it on a regular basis and I have rarely ever wanted a macro camera on my smartphone, maybe twice a year. So for a a lens and sensor that you would use for maybe 20 pictures in a 365 day period there, invest in a real camera. If you want to take those shots, because because they're just two megapixels. Like that is so tiny. It is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The five megapixel macro lens is way better (laughs) already. Yeah. I mean, people were mad at at HTC for its ultra pixel camera that was four megapixels, mm. and so I mean, going to two, which is, oh my gosh, I. So a couple of other details about the phone: um, plastic frame, 
uh I, I i get that someone called me out on my video and said like you know all these tech reviewers were saying like great build quality all that stuff which by the way i did not say in my video um but yes it's a plastic frame and he was like it crusading that we should all say it more <laughs> so i did my unboxing and taking this phone out of the box i called it a metal frame because it, it looks like to it. me it looks like it but when you pick it up for the first time it feels like it too. Like there, yes, it is a plastic frame. After tapping it and realizing later that it's not a metal frame, um, I'm horrible I'm at that. By the way, I can't uh, tell how, how, when we, how when I tap stuff. I can't tell what the, I'm bad at that. Hit hit it with your teeth. Seriously, hit it with your teeth. You'll can't tell the difference between plastic plastic and metal. And then, then do a metal phone, and you'll tell the difference. Okay. Or, or lick it with your tongue, because pl- plastic will be warm and metal will be cool. Ah, uh, fair. That okay. You know what? That's that's a fair point. But I'm not going to say yeah. everyone lick your phones. I'm just. I, I should to, do that. We're preventing I should do COVID that for here, my. <laughs> I, I should do that for my unboxings so that I don't say the wrong thing. Okay, so here's the phone. Now let me lick it to see here's, what it is. Here's the tongue test. <laughs> Don't um, lick your phones, but, people, please. No. But <laughs> yes, it is plastic. I will say that. It, but it's glass on the back. But honestly, this doesn't feel cheaper mm-hmm. than any other OnePlus device. The build quality is the same. Yes, they used a cheaper material. Um, the fit and finish, though, is still really good. And just because you use plastic does not make it an inferior device. Yeah. It is a different material. Honestly, plastic makes it better if you drop this, yes, it will get dinged a little bit better, but it will save your screen from shattering a lot more than a metal frame because the metal frame does not absorb the shock of a drop. Mm-hmm. You've done your, your fair share of drop tests in the past. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, it's true that the side test, I can't believe I'm actually getting scientific about the fun drop test we used to do, but uh, I do remember that the side test would normally uh, just, that would be the killer for a lot of phones back then that were starting to move to metal frames, Samsung's in mm-hmm. particular. Um, but when it came to like the LGs, like the G4, which had, it wasn't, it was like a, it wasn't a glass bag. It wasn't, um, I'm trying to remember how those, like it was, it wasn't until you actually dropped it on its face that the screen would actually shatter to a great extent. Yeah. When it came to the side test, most phones back then, because it was a long time ago. So most phones back then would survive those a little bit better than metal frames. I do agree with that. Um, yeah, it feels fine. Like it's a good, it's a good phone. Like the flat screen. I know people are pretty divided about that. Um, I'm, I'm, thumbs up for the flat screen. Same. I, I, I love flat screens over the curved screens. No glare on the edge of the screens while playing games, especially while trying to record a review. Like you know the issues that we deal with with glare and lights and stuff. And anytime you have a curved screen, it just adds an extra level of complexity. Um, big fan. Yeah, I uh, I think that, I mean, just for me, like, as long as the curve is not super egregious, like, I'm here, uh, just got the Moto Edge in as well. Um, Which is extremely it's, curved. It's all the way. It's it literally waterfall displays are probably my least favorite. Like a curved display is okay. Like I'm not I'm not hating it. But a waterfall display, like that's when just hold it in any which way and you're gonna press something. <laughs> yep. So here's here's the thing. Samsung, who introduced us all to curved displays, 
doesn't really do curved displays in the same way that they used to. They started with the most dramatic curve, and every year they've moved back and back mm. and back. And the Galaxy S20 devices, they still have a curved display, but it's like not it's even like, noticeable. Like nah. you have to, you have to look for it. Yes. And consumer feedback says it's a worse experience. Yes, the phone looks cooler. I give it that, mm -hmm. but it is a worse experience for the consumer every single time that you give a phone a curved display. And also, like the the whole thought about a, about like if you double up the curves, because like, there's a curve on the back, but if there was a curve mm -hmm. on the front, then someone would like they would probably say something like, "Oh, it makes the phone thinner." Well, we don't necessarily need our phones to be thinner now, do we? Like, <laughs> no, they're thin enough. Eight, eight, you know, eight millimeters is. Just about, and honestly, it doesn't make the phone thinner. It just makes the edge thinner, which mm -hmm. makes it harder to hold because it's digging into your fingers and your palm. Yeah. It's like a knife. Try the, holding a sharp rock. I will say, my favorite part about this phone, um, as much as I dislike the color, the, the quality of life of this phone is really good. It's a phrase I've been using a lot because, you know, just one handed use, pretty mm -hmm. easy. It's not that big of a very, deal. Very ergonomic. Very ergonomic. Thank you. Uh, it's a good way to put it. And knowing me, like, it's still, I still put stuff on the phone to make it even easier to use. Like, I still use my Moft and my Pop Sockets. So, the case is nice. I do, I do. So, it comes with a case, which not all OnePlus phones do. Mm -hmm. uh, props to them on that. Thing I don't like, the single mono speaker at yeah. the bottom of the device. They could have put in stereo speakers compared to all other OnePlus devices. That's a huge step back. Um, but the performance out of the Snapdragon 865G is... 765G. Or 7... Yes. 768... <laughs> 792.1-er. Um, <laughs> Ryzen 7. <laughs> the Ryzen 7. No, the performance that you get out of this thing is honestly really good. I've been... You know me. I've been playing my Call of Duty Mobile... <laughs> And it I'm so is... glad I found streaming services because I'm, I'm on PS4 Play. I've actually been doing more Stadia with this phone. Yeah, but so that has nothing to do with the performance of the That's phone. That's what I'm so saying. Like, you're I... really not taxing anything there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's like watching a Netflix movie. <laughs> exactly. I have better battery life when gaming. Oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I, I, I can game for 12 hours, man. I'm like, your phone's not even hot. Yet. I'm on Wi-Fi and I'm on streaming. <laughs> yeah. No, so the performance here is actually really good. Yeah. There's you can play Call of Duty Mobile on max setting. You can play Fortnite almost at max setting. Um full frame rate and that 90 hertz refresh rate for a phone at this price is really good. The the, the display is impeccable for the price point. It's getting so hard it, to it's getting hard to go back, huh? Like high yeah, refresh I mean, rate the i i don't know the next phone i'm reviewing after this is the i finally got the lg velvet which is using the same processor technically should be a close competitor to this phone except for the price because mm -hmm. the velvet is what two hundred dollars more expensive well so considering in certain markets in certain markets yeah. but it, it's about a 50 50 percent price increase for the velvet but mm -hmm. the other specifications are are pretty close but the velvet does have some advantages as far as you know it does have a ip water rating it does have a headphone jack stereo speakers so it's a more premium build um but i've been slow to move over to the velvet um 
because this is such a good device. I mean, honestly, I've I've come from flag true flagship tier smartphones from this year, and I am perfectly happy with this. I I think there are extremely few compromises that were made, and none of those compromises are really in performance. I think a majority of people will feel that way as well because. We as reviewers, as people who get to use the Xperia 1-2s of the world, like we are a very specific type of user and uh, we are not the majority. And I feel like the majority will like what has been coming out. This, um, the Velvet, like you just said, uh, whenever the Pixel 4a finally comes out, maybe that will still mm-hmm. hit those marks. Um, but yeah, like I feel the same way. But that whole thing of you finding it hard to move away from a OnePlus device, that's been <clears throat> OnePlus for the last two years. And that's why I'm actually pretty impressed. Like it took me a long uh, I, time to get off the eight pro. I didn't, I didn't feel it last year. Uh, I moved on from the seven pro last year pretty quickly. Um, and honestly the eight, so I love the eight pro, but I used, I reviewed the eight pro first and then I reviewed the eight after after it. And I didn't go back to the eight pro. I didn't have any other new devices to test. I stayed on the eight until about two weeks ago uh right before this phone showed up for you know device showed up before we could make it all public mm-hmm. um but i was on the 8 for the longest time and i loved the heck out of that phone uh, i actually enjoyed that more than the 8 pro because of the size difference the 8 pro for me was just a little bit too heavy a little bit too big and the cameras were nearly as good. I, I honestly didn't feel any sacrifices going to the eight from the eight pro. Okay, I mean, that's if, fair. if you're if you're a spec junkie, yes, the eight pro has got a thousand things more. It was but, just a wide angle camera. That was me being a. I'm not really a spec junkie, but a 48 megapixel ultra wide. That I just always it, it, wanted it is to have an that. Yeah, that ultra wide camera is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, cool. Well, those are our thoughts on the OnePlus Nord. Um, I'm still doing some content with it. Like I said, I'm, I'm comparing it to the iPhone SE. I took it out yesterday to, to the Arboretum and took some pictures between the two. Um, it's funny. I mentioned to Jaime that, not sponsored, but I did get dbrand pastel skins for it. And I, I, haven't, I obviously have not installed it on here yet, but I can't wait to. So I can cover the color up. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently those skins actually... I, I kind of I just eyeballing it. The skins actually literally cover up every bit of the back, so it will look like a completely different device once I put that skin on. But Jaime was like, "But if you're gonna do content with it, like, don't put that skin on yet. Like, we still need it to look. You, you have to wait till it's <laughs> till it's done. Yeah. So that's the thing. Anyway, uh, as far as content is concerned, Nick, why don't you let everybody know where to find you and what stuff you want to plug? Well, I am doing more camera samples, camera tests with the OnePlus Nord. Uh, have at least two to three more to to compare. I will be comparing it to the Poco. Yep, same. And if the pic if the Pixel 4a comes out anytime soon, I will be doing that. Uh, or else that will come with my Pixel 4a coverage, circling back and comparing it to. According to, to that this teaser website, it, it, I mean. Hey, it could be here tomorrow. Who knows? Well, I mean, that teaser website, I mean, I I showed you that that website. I love that we're going full circle with this. But when you click some of the stuff just right, it actually does come up August 3. Oh, August 3. I didn't realize that until in the middle of our show. (laughs) Well, then, mark your calendar, August 3rd. Yeah. Put it put aside here first. Put aside at least a few hundred dollars. We don't know what the price will be. But if it's anything like the 3A, it's going to be like, what, $400 
Um, I would say 350 to 400. Yeah. Yeah. Depending so. on what the specs are on the inside. Yeah. So a couple other camera comparisons. My full review of the OnePlus Nord is hopefully dropping Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it sounds like with the upcoming Samsung launch event, uh, we'll be having that. But you can check my content out on fandroid.com or youtube.com slash fandroid. Or if you want to follow me personally, uh, Twitter com slash Nick M. Gray. Mm-hmm. There we go. All right. Use this Use this shot that you have right here for more of your A-roll. This is a good spot. This is why I do with I'm, this. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Usually I set up... I, I have... You can't see it right now. I have a little coffee table behind me. Mm-hmm. I usually set that up because my ceiling is low. I usually set that up and sit on that with that in the background ah gotcha so that you don't see the low ceiling and think hey he's he's a giant in a midget's house <laughs> well this I because like i'm it. not it's just a stupid <laughs> ceiling it's a, it's a it's a low ceiling yeah this is a this is a good this is a good framing and that one table right there like i said set design you have that cool hexagonal thing going on there and like you know i'm into it so you should do more a-roll here even if that mic is in frame <laughs> I got other mics. I, I got my lav. Yeah. Yeah. I should. I hate A-roll, though. I hate it. Wow. It's my bread and butter. So uh, in, in any case, uh, speaking of all of that content, uh, I will let you know where to find me and Pac now in the outro starting right now. As always, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Once again, if you are not already following this podcast, make sure you do so with whatever podcasting application you choose. From there, you can follow Pocket Now across all social media at Pocket Now on Instagram and Twitter, and you can look forward to some format changes in the podcast as far as the video version is concerned. We've been waiting for a little bit to uh, find the right time to start doing lives once again, and I think we'll be able to, especially since we have a very important event coming up in Samsung Unpacked. So perhaps we are going to do a live on either YouTube or Facebook or even both. We are figuring out those logistics right now. So look forward to that uh, by following PocketNow on both Facebook and YouTube at youtube.com slash PocketNow. If you want to follow me for even further coverage on all of the devices and all of the news that has been coming out, including the OnePlus Nord and the upcoming Samsung Unpacked event, also let's throw in the Pixel 4a in there. I did mention it earlier in the intro. Uh, We are going to be doing a lot of coverage on that, and I will be doing my own at youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara. You can also follow me on social media at JVTechT, because you know me, I'm JV, I love tech, and I love to drink me some tea. From there, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in our next episode.